Well, again, a warm welcome, everyone, tonight. It's, uh, it's great to see you. And we've been having a great series in the evenings, haven't we? Um, as we've been going through the Psalms. And we, there's different sections of Psalms. And this, this set of Psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascents. And uh, it's about going up. And if you've ever been to Jerusalem, you'll know that Jerusalem is high up. And once, um, with an Oak Hall group, I walked from Jerusalem to Jericho, and it was downhill all the way. But that was in reverse of the journey that these people who are writing these psalms are making. And they are heading towards the temple where they're preparing to worship God. And they're longing for a relationship with him. They're longing to know him speaking to them. This morning, if you were here, you'd have heard as we thought about those different stages um, there in 2 Kings chapter 4. We were looking at a dead end where this woman in the story, she could go no further. And then how she cries out to God. And then a way is opened and um, God opens that way and she moves into that by obedience and faith and experiences a rescue. It was a, it's a beautiful story. And this morning we were realizing that this is a phrase, a pattern, a, a, a refrain that echoes throughout the scriptures. As somebody finds themselves with a dead end, they cry out to God and God opens the way. And then with obedience and faith, they move into what God has opened and they experience rescue. And tonight, the psalm, well, it's that kind of psalm. It's got that same structure. And we hear that refrain again tonight as we read Psalm 130. So let's read it together. Psalm 130, a song of ascents. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. What a passage. I've been reading it over these last couple of weeks. On Tuesday, um, I went with Luke and uh, our neighbor. And uh, the two of us were studying this. We'd printed it out and we were coloring in the different words to try and work out really the shape of the psalm. And as we were reading it, this, somebody came over to us and uh, she said, are you believers? She was one of the waitresses there. And she said, I love meeting believers. And she started to tell us 
her story. And she's with us tonight. So Chloe, thanks for joining us. And it was such an encouragement to me and Luke to, uh, to meet you that, mo- that morning. Well, we're reading it again. Psalm 130. The first part of this psalm describes being in a hole, being stuck, being at a dead end, having no way forward. And so in verse 1, the psalmist writes, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Now in your imagination, you might think that this person is right at the bottom of the, of the long walk up into the mountains towards Jerusalem with, with, the, with the wilderness in front of them, the mountains towering before them. They feel weak before this. But I think it's more than that, don't you? As we read it, they've not just got to walk up a hill. <laughs> These people, this person is stuck stuck in a hole, stuck in some disastrous situation, and they can't see a way forward, out of the depths. But, it, but this writer says that they cry to the Lord, an echo of what we read this morning in 2 Kings chapter 4, as the woman there courageously cried out to the Lord, believing that he was the one who could save her. And in verse 2, we read his cry, or this person's cry, Lord, hear my voice. It's an incredible thing to pray, actually, that the God who made heaven and earth, who's behind the whole universe that is far more vast than even this writer could have ever imagined, that this writer should imagine that, or should even think that the, this God would hear their voice. But the writer goes further than that. Not just that God might hear their voice like a passing sound, but you can see in verse 2, it's as though he's saying, Let your, just tune right in to what I'm saying, to my cry, to my predicament to the hole that I'm in. Let your ears be attentive to my cry. So the psalmist is expecting and longing that God would hear, but not just like a passing sound, but that God himself would tune in, would give his attention to this psalmist as he's writing this psalm. Let your ears be attentive to my cry. But what is the psalmist crying for? Is he crying for justice? I'm in this problem because of what these people have done. And I want to be brought out of it. Just get rid of my enemies. Lift me up again. That's not what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist knows that they can't come before God claiming their own righteousness. But the psalmist cries out, you see the word at the end of verse two? For mercy, for mercy. You can see that just there. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. So here's our psalmist, stuck in a hole, (laughs) one way or another, asking that God would hear, but not just that God would hear, but that God would tune right in to their cry. And the basis for the cry 
is that God might have mercy, might show grace to the psalmist. You know, Jesus told stories, didn't he, about people approaching God in different ways. You've got the Pharisee and the tax collector, one of them strutting into the temple, talking to God, almost down to God, thanking God that he's not like this loser over here. And then you've got the tax collector who actually sees things as they really are and he won't even look up to heaven. He doesn't want to look into God's eyes. And he just, he just says, have mercy on me. And you know, Jesus says at the end of that story, it's the tax collector, the one who everyone thought was the, was the betrayer and the baddie. It's him who goes home right before God, not the other one. Because, because we need to come, all of us, high or low, well, actually, we all need to realize we're all low. We all need God's mercy. There's no other way to come towards God. He cries for mercy. And then he explains about his own heart. And in verses 3 and 4, he's very aware of the marred heart that he has. He's, this person is aware of the, of the way that their heart would be separated from God if it was to be measured up against his goodness. See that in verse 3? If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? See, it's as though the psalmist isn't standing themselves. They are down, more like the tax collector than the arrogant Pharisee. They are aware that they have to be humbled before the mighty God of heaven, the one who's listening. Verse 4 is the heart of it. Because the psalmist says, with you, there is forgiveness. I don't know if you're aware of things that are wrong in your own heart. Perhaps even today there's been a reminder of things in your history that mean that if there's a God who were to judge, well, you know that you wouldn't be able to stand in front of him. If there was a judgment, you would be recognized as falling short. Well, the Bible explains that actually that's the case for all of us. Me, you, everybody. We all fall short. And the only way that a person could ever come into God's presence would be if verse 4 were the case. If there's forgiveness with God. And this psalmist believes there is. And so this psalmist says... With you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Amazing turnaround. So here's this psalmist in a hole, stuck, crying out that God would listen, knowing that this psalmist can only stand in God's presence if there's forgiveness. And as this psalmist recognizes that there is forgiveness with God, the psalmist in the next phrase talks about serving as though working shoulder to shoulder in God's plans and purposes and you know if you are a person who's received the forgiveness of God if you're a person who like the tax collector has come on your knees before him asking for forgiveness then God delights in pouring out his grace and his mercy on you and lifting you up, not just so that you can stand in his presence, verse 4, but as at the end of verse 4, you can serve with him. 
And I think that's what Chloe does in, in the cafe. And I know that's what many of us are doing in the, in the different places where God has put us, whether it's the fish farm or the expeditions or in the friends that we've got in the street and the people we're connecting with. We are serving and carrying out those roles, serving alongside the God of heaven who's lifted us up and brought us into his purposes. Verses 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Our culture finds silence awkward. Even a moment of it, hey? And everything is instant and fast. We get the answer straight away. We get the coffee almost straight away. And it all happens so fast. And waiting is alien to us. More alien than to these people. The person writing this psalm was going to be walking probably for several days. Contemplating, mulling over. Perhaps rewriting and rewriting this psalm as they go. Waiting and contemplating and thinking and reflecting. Do you know, how much of that do we have in our lives? But this psalmist, their whole being wakes, longing for the Lord. And as they wait, it is in God's promises, it's in God's word that the psalmist puts their hope. You met a friend of mine called Sinisher, and we interviewed him once on the screen, and he's been here too. Um, Sinisher was in the army um, in a civil war, friend of Tom and Marina's as well, and, uh, and mum and dad's. And um, as the civil war was unfolding, there was one night, this man who'd grown up an atheist um, was in charge of looking after his village. And he was trying to defend it against this front line that was coming against him, coming against him. One of his friends had been shot by a sniper. He'd, although he was the commander in charge of defense of this village that was also his home, he told everyone not to salute him because the snipers look for the person who gets the salute and take that person out. But this night, Sinisha knew that tomorrow they were all going to be killed. And Sinisha, for the first time in his life, knelt down and he said, God, if you're there, I am in a hole. I'm stuck. Have mercy on my village. Have mercy on me. He didn't know God. He didn't know the story of what God has done through Jesus. He'd grown up in a communist, atheist um, culture. But something in him led him to make this prayer and this cry. And then he sat up waiting for the morning time slowed he knew that as the sun was going to come up that there'd be the final advance and the whole village was going to be slaughtered and he was longing for the morning but he was dreading the morning and he was waiting and this psalmist well they are waiting 
longing for, longing for God to reveal himself. And they're going to wait and long for that light of his face to shine on them. Verse 7. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. He's walking with people from Israel. Uh, the psalmist is walking with people from Israel. And he's turning to his, to, their, to his fellow citizens. And he says to them, put your hope in the Lord. Perhaps the psalmist plays this in the evening on his, in his lyre or on his harp. And, and he sings it. And he sings it out to them. He says, people, put your hope in the Lord. Why? Because with him is, are two things. One, unfailing love. Love that never fails. And with him is full redemption. He knew, or the psalmist knew, that they were separated from God, distant from God, that they had a debt they could never pay. But they knew that these two things were linked, that God is a God of unfailing love and that God is the God who would redeem his people. He'd seen it in the past. God had done it in the past. There had been the times when all of the nation were in slavery and God made a swap. There was going to be judgment, Passover time. And all of the oldest sons were going to be killed. And God said, you can take the lamb. And the lamb can die instead of the oldest son. Put the blood on the doorposts and the judgment will pass over. Redeemed by the blood of a lamb. So the psalmist knew that God had a history of redeeming his people because of his unfailing love. And so he says to his Fellow country people, look, with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. And then in verse 8, he seems to kind of nail into this even harder and zoom into it even more strongly. And he says, he himself, God himself, will redeem Israel from all their sins. I wonder how much the psalmist could see, I'm sure not very much, of what God's purpose was when, he, when it was written that he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. But we know, we look back through history and we peer back and we see Jesus. Jesus, the one who is God come here, he himself God come here himself and Jesus dies on the cross the Lamb of God who takes away the, the sin of the world the psalmist was asking that God would hear him and listen Jesus as he hung on the cross said 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalmist was crying out that he would be brought close. Jesus on the cross was saying, I'm far off. The psalmist was asking to be able to stand in God's presence. Jesus was rejected. The psalmist waited in expectation for God to reveal himself. Jesus was held far off. Why? Well, it's because God was arranging the most incredible exchange ever to happen. And the way that this psalm comes into its full reality is in the light of Jesus' death and resurrection. We cry out for mercy and Jesus comes. We long for forgiveness, verse 4. Forgiveness comes because Jesus has died for us. We long to serve him. We can only do that because Jesus' spirit fills and empowers those who trust in him. We wait in expectation and he comes because of Jesus. That full redemption, redemption from all the sins in verse 8, it comes through Jesus. My friend Sinisher you know, the, the sun did come up. And as you would expect, the terror as he waited for that army to just come and, and flood over them. But the army never came. The, the, the prayer of this atheist man, who's no, no longer really an atheist on his knees, was answered. And that army backed off. And it wasn't long before some of us were meeting him and sharing with him the message of the God who brings forgiveness, the God who brings mercy, the God who we should put our hope in because with him is unfailing love and full redemption. And today Sinisha has been preaching in a city called Banyaluka, telling people there about Jesus. There's a growing church around him because of the intervention of God in that atheist man's life. So as we continue, as we head into this week, what's the message for us? Perhaps we've caught another glimpse of the mercy, of the grace of God. We're being invited to be calling to him as we find ourselves in a hole longing for that forgiveness that allows us to serve shoulder to shoulder with the God of heaven. Perhaps to learn to practice to wait in verses 5 and 6 that we would put our hope in him because it, with him is unfailing love and full redemption. And we see that in the Lord Jesus. For the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to respond together. And we're going to um, have some music. And we're going to sing together. And it would be lovely if one or two of you, this, we haven't done this before, it's an experiment, let's see if it works. If one or two of you would like to just come up and use the microphone and lead us in prayer. The music will keep playing and you could pray in the light of what we've heard. Or you could read us a verse 
just keep it um, sweet and short and clear. Come close to the mic and, uh, and lead us together. We're just a sm small group of us tonight. So it would be lovely if all of us were, were involved or several of us um, were involved. So let's just pray and then we'll have some more music. And after that song, it would be lovely if one or two would lead us in prayer before the next song and so on. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can read this psalm tonight. Thank you that we have seen a person tied up, stuck at a dead end. But then we've seen how you open a way as, you, as they cry out to you. And Lord, we might be in all kinds of challenges and difficulties. And tonight, by the work of your spirit, you're inviting us to come back to you, to call out to you. Lord, thank you that you are waiting to be attentive to us, to turn your ear, your loving ear to us. Lord, thank you that you want us to learn to wait, to wait on you, to wait on you as an expression of our reliance on you. We pray that we would learn to put our hope in you because with you, there is unfailing love and full redemption and we see it clearer than this psalmist because we see Jesus and we worship him together tonight. Amen.